The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Hello to everybody. Uh, looking forward to starting the week off together here. We're going to be talking about angels tonight, not just about angels, but about, about talking, communicating with them. Our guest, Dr. Michael Terzi, is an angel medium. We're going to talk about what he does as an angel medium. He's also a Reiki healer and a paranormal investigator. He uses his mediumship not only to investigate, but also to help souls find their way to the light. And he also specializes in darker cases as well. Not sure what darker cases are. I mean, I've got some ideas but he will tell us, and we'll talk all about that. Again, Dr. Michael Terzi will be our guest tonight. You know, one of the things that's um, that I'm finding very, very curious, I don't know how many of you pay attention to cable news at all. Uh, I, won't, I won't make this a political issue at all, but, you know, the, the channel I happen to watch has suddenly been very, very interested in paranormal stories. And when I say very interested, I'm not seeing these every night. I'm only seeing them occasionally, but I never used to see them at all. And a couple of times I've seen reports about UFO sightings and UFO disclosure. And then, uh, and, and there was one of those tonight, in fact. And then also tonight on a different program on the same network, there was a video that was presented in one of the segments about a UFO, no, a ghost sighting in Gettysburg at the Gettysburg battlefield. Now, one of the things that I always talk about when we have people who uh, are ghost hunters in particular is that so many investigators start their story of this is how I got into the paranormal investigating with quote unquote, I, I went to Gettysburg. (laughs) That's how many of these passions and interests start because Gettysburg, first of all, just a magical place. But secondly, because it's a, a place that experienced so much tragedy, so much emotion, so much loss, so much blood in the soil, that it can't help but fuel paranormal activity. And a lot of people experience it. So on the program tonight that I was watching, they had a video of what appeared to be a ghost on the battlefield at, at Gettysburg. It's one I hadn't seen before. I don't actually know how long... This video has been around, but it was pretty interesting when I was watching it on the news program. So I took took some time and I actually uh, downloaded the video and analyzed it. It didn't take long for me to come up, come to a conclusion. Now, if you're interested in seeing the video, I'm going to show it here for our YouTube viewers and our Twitch viewers. I'm going to show it. However, if you really want to see what I think about it and break it down a little bit, go to my Facebook page. It's easy to find on Facebook just by searching for JVJ Paranormal. And I do a little video there and I narrate it and talk about uh, what uh, I think it is, what I, what I think is going on here. Uh, you may or may not be surprised at my conclusions. But either way, I'm going to show you this video now because I do think it is interesting. So here it is. <laughs> So if, you, if you're watching the video, you see a little figure uh, that kind of walks by the cannon. And uh, I think that the video actually plays it now in slow motion, so you can see it as well. And it actually looks like a figure walking across that field there. I have, uh, I have, I, I have um, an opinion of the video, and uh, it's on my Facebook page. There's a video there that you, that you can watch this again, and you can also hear my comments. It is uh, JVJ Paranormal on Facebook. See what, see what you think of that. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can leave them in comments on the Facebook page, or you can even come back here and comment them uh, in uh, in the chat rooms. That would be fine, too. Anyway, welcome to everybody. Great to see everybody here as we get ready to start this week. I already told you who we've got coming up. I also told you who we have on the show tonight. We're going to be talking about angels, and we'll be talking to Dr. Michael Terzi, who is an angel medium. So we will go to break, and we will uh, I'll actually begin this show with our guest in just a moment it's beyond reality and we have a lot of things to talk about tonight please support the program go to patreon.com slash joha that's j-o-h-a-w this episode is brought to you by visit williamsburg in williamsburg virginia there's never too much of a good thing whether you're a foodie a golfer a history buff a shopaholic an outdoor enthusiast or a thrill seeker you'll find what you came for here and more So ask yourself, what is it you want? 
Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Again, if you go to my Facebook page, JVJ Paranormal, very easy to find. And uh, check out the video that I put up there. It's actually the Gettysburg ghost video with some commentary and some analysis that I did. And uh, a couple of you uh, agree with me, and I'm curious as to what everybody thinks of that video. When I first saw it, I was really, really uh, impressed impressed and amazed. Frankly, Gettysburg is such a magical place that it didn't surprise me at all that someone had caught footage like this. So take a look at it. Again, my Facebook page is JVJ Paranormal. While you're there, give it a follow or a like or whatever you happen to want to do. Our guest tonight will be talking about angels. He's angel medium Dr. Michael Terzi. We're really excited to have him. Michael, welcome to Beyond Reality. It's an honor to have you here with us tonight. Oh, no, thank you very much, JV. It's an honor to be on. I really appreciate it. Have you seen this Gettysburg video that everybody's talking about? No, no, I have not. I just heard about it just right now from you, so I'll go check it out as soon as we're finished. Yeah, it's funny. I was watching the news, and very rarely do you get, and it was, I think it was a bit of a tongue-in-cheek presentation on the cable news, uh, but very rarely do you get anything of a paranormal substance. And I saw this video, I'm like, wow, that's pretty, pretty impressive. So I'm curious as to what you think after you get a chance to look at it, um, because it, yeah. on the surface, it looks pretty amazing. Um, I think if you dig down a little deeper, it's probably not as amazing <laughs> as it first appears, but I don't want to ruin it for anybody. And I don't want to put any pre- preconceived notions. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself. How, how long, first of all, have you recognized your ability to communicate with angels? Well, with my ability to communicate with angels only just happened after I finished uh, med school. I was going through a lot when I was in my in optometry school trying to become an optometrist, and there were a lot of things going on, obviously, with school. There's pressures, there's anxiety, and then there were little things happening in personal life, but I was handling it okay, or so I thought. And then I felt as though after a while I started to feel more anxious, more anxiety. I started to get thoughts in my head that weren't my own. There was a lot of strange occurrences going on when it wasn't really the way I usually was. I was usually a pretty kickback kind of chill test taker. You know, you pass, you pass, you don't, you don't. But things started to get heightened as the my time there started to go on. And it went on for about a year and a half before I started telling my wife about it because I would have panic attacks as I was driving home from school. And I didn't know where it was coming from because I'd never had this happen to me before. Right. And so I finally told my wife about it, and she uh, obviously yelled at me for not telling about her sooner. <laughs> and then she says, well, maybe you're an empath. And I said, well, what's an empath? And she says, well, I don't really know, but let's look it up and check it out. And so she just kind of just got that I would be an empath, and it turned out that that's what was going on with me. I was feeling the emotions and energy and even sometimes the thoughts of other people as if it was my own, and I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know how to deal with it. I had not really been in the paranormal at all my entire life, besides a few little occurrences as a kid that I kind of brushed off. You know, you, you explain these things away. And as I kind of understood my empathy and tried to understand it a little bit better, I realized that even as I was trying to shut it down because I just wanted to be a doctor, I just wanted to pass my test and just be done with it all, but I couldn't shut it down. It was a part of me, and the harder I tried to ignore it, the stronger it ended up getting. And then I eventually saw my first human spirit, which was a very interesting experience, and was able to kind of communicate with him at first. But it was, wasn't until later when I had just about had it. I was really upset. I was, again, confiding in my wife, because who else could I talk to about this? Right. Because not only was I an empath, but now I was also a medium, apparently, and I was seeing human spirits around. And... I didn't want that. I just wanted to work as an optometrist and just, you know, help people that way. And then there was this amazingly brilliant white light that just started coming in from my second story window where we were. And it was so bright that my that I had to ter- even turn away my physical eyes even though no one else could even see it because my wife is saying what's going on? What's wrong? And then I just felt this overwhelming sense of protection and warmth and this unconditional love. And as I felt it come into me, my wife says, what's wrong with you? You're crying. And I touch my face, and there are just tears just streaming down my face. And I wasn't even like ugly face crying. It was just literally just waterworks just coming down. I couldn't turn it off. And as I gazed upon the light again, 
I felt that warmth, and I heard the voice in my head say, Michael, I am your guardian angel. And he came to me, and he spoke with me and told me that this, you know, basically cut it out. Relax. This is part of you. This is who you are. If you don't accept it, then you can't move forward, and you can't do what you're truly called to do. If you ignore it, things will only get worse. But I'm here to help you to be able to understand it so that you can then hopefully turn it around to be able to help others with similar issues. Wow. I mean, so that's how it kind of started. And that's the whole thing is, is quite amazing. Um, yes. I want to back you up to the beginning of the story that you just told and talk sure. a little bit about that anxiety you were feeling while you were in school. Now you're trying to, you know, deal with it. What is a very difficult curriculum as it is, sure. uh, you know, working very hard to be a good student, get good grades, finish this schooling. And you're sensing at that time, Michael, you're feeling these things, which you later figured out were actually the emotions and the angst of uh, other students around you, and you were picking up on that energy? Yes, it was. And this is something that I've talked to other people about because there's a lot of empaths out there, and I didn't know what it was because, like I said, honestly, an undergrad, I was very, you know, there was still a hard curriculum doing things like pre-med and things like that, and I was okay. I would just take my time. I would just be, I I was more level-headed. And then as I started going through this, it wasn't as if it was, and you had to study any differently or do anything any differently. But for some reason, my calm demeanor was being taken over. I was feeling more and more anxious. I was, I, it was almost as if I was going to have a panic attack in the middle of the room sometimes when I was taking an exam. And I would hear people's voices in my head sometimes. You know, I'd change my answer from A to B. My father's going to kill me if I fail this test. I don't know what I'm doing here. You know, there are all these things that were just coming in. And I had no, I thought I was just making it up in my head. And I thought that maybe I was going crazy or that I was suffering all of a sudden from anxiety or depression or something was going on with me. I was trying to look at it from a logical standpoint. And then as I would drive home with my commute for about two hours, I would be in traffic just crying and screaming, and I would just be pounding my hands on the steering wheel. People must have thought I was nuts going on the freeway because I just had to get it out somehow. There was so much that built up inside me, and I started to realize that when we looked up what an empath was, I was absorbing like energy from a 100 different students in the class that were all feeling the same thing. And I didn't have as much of a problem if I wasn't around as many people in such a negative situation. So it was something that I realized that's how it starts with a lot of gifts, is that sometimes people have this empathy that comes through. Now, there are different kinds of empaths out there, but as an emotional empath, I really felt all those emotions and didn't understand where they were coming from. And then once I understood, my angels were able to help me to understand how I can turn that into an advantage, how I can turn into a strength to not only help me, but help other people. How long ago did all this take place, that, that awakening? The awakening was in 2016-ish. Yeah, yeah, around there. So just a few years ago, obviously you're an adult. Yes. What did you, yes. what, you mentioned paranormal activity and uh, phenomena that occurred uh, to you in your presence when you were a child. Uh, Obviously, in retrospect, you might be able to understand a little bit better, but what did you think when it was happening to you as a child? It was, you know, I'm writing about it in my book right now because I felt like I really needed to get it out there, but it was was extremely scary. Um, I did most of the normal things. At the time, with my first experience, I was actually going to Catholic school, and I was just laying in bed, and I felt this coldness come over the room and i turned my head and there was a small blue flame almost transparent coming out of the ground in the middle of my floor and i didn't know what that was and then as the flame grew it almost turned into kind of like a silhouette type of a ghostly hand that was coming towards me oh jeez yeah and i didn't and i think i was 11 and so i didn't know what was going on so i just turned my head Uh, you know, typical covers over the head, just looking at the wall. And then I felt this quick anxiety. I thought I heard some sort of strange little scream. And then the anxiety totally washed away, and I felt peace. And as I turned, the 
flame had extinguished, although there was still a flicker of light in the room, and the coldness was starting to subside. And then I just passed out because I was, <laughs> I, I, I was scared at the time. Sure. Woke up and told my parents about it. Um, they they believed that I would that I had experienced something, and so we did the typical thing of asking, you know, because I was in Catholic school, asking a priest to come by and do a blessing in the home, and. I had experienced maybe one or two little things after that still, but things kind of shut down as you become a teenager every so, you know, with a lot of people experience this. And there was a couple of little things that happened in 12, 13 years old where it was really interesting. And then it kind of subdued up until adulthood. And that's when it kind of blossomed again, I guess you could say. Yeah, there does seem to be that uh, reduction of whether it's sensitivity or just activity uh, for people who experience things as children, and then it kind of subsides for a while until they get into adulthood. But yeah. I, but that experience when you were, did you say you were, were nine? How old were you at the time? I was, I think I was about 10 or 11, 10 is, or what 11. I'm, is what I'm trying to remember. I remember, I yeah, because nine when i was nine i wasn't in catholic school yet so yeah i was i was about 10 or 11 when that happened okay so at that time when you think back and i'm sure you've done this a million times since then think thought back and tried to put you know make sense of all of that do you remember anything going on uh in your immediate circle of whether it was family or friends or your parents friends uh did someone pass away or something that may have you know been trying to get a message to you specifically or do you think it was much more random than that Honestly, uh, I, there wasn't anything that had happened at that point. I, I, I have thought about that, actually. And it, I, I felt as though it was one of those random occurrences. It could have been something that had been in the home, yeah. and we had just not noticed it before, or something that got kicked up from when we were doing a little remodeling. Who knows? Uh, it was one of those things that I know it, I don't think it was anything where it was connected to me, per se. Okay, so you were, just, yeah. you were the person with the sensitivities in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and and no, no one else had experienced anything in the family, so it was a very odd experience. But for some reason, they completely believed me and was sought out the help. So, so fast forward four or five years ago, you're uh, in in basically med school. You're you're, you're sen- sensing and feeling all these very strange anxieties. Can't really explain them because you know it's not coming from you. You've never been that kind of person. And then you have a visitation. You you described a very bright light coming into the room and, and, and a any what I can only assume was kind of a telepathic message. Go through that again for us. Oh sure, uh, yes. Yeah. So as I was sitting there talking to my wife, that's when because I had just had it. So emotionally, I was drained. I was upset because I didn't really want to use these gifts. I just wanted to be normal doctor guy. And as I was just putting all that out there. Like I said, there was I was in we were in our second story, and I saw this huge. It was a very large white light. It was I, I was shocked at how big it was, and it was so bright that I had to turn away my eyes. I couldn't look at it even physically, even though it wasn't physically there. You know, she couldn't see it, my yeah. wife. And as it was coming in, I felt the warmth, and I felt this. I, the only way I could describe it is just this unconditional love and. I felt at peace. It wasn't so intense that you felt it was intrusive. If you felt it was very calming. And as I was able to kind of look into the light finally, and like my wife had described, I was bawling, it seemed like, although I wasn't really crying. The tears were just streaming down my face because I just felt this love that I had never felt before. And, you know, that's when my angel said, now, Michael, I am your guardian angel, and I could start to hear a little bit more. At first, it was kind of muffled, and then things started coming through a little bit more clearly, and then I could kind of see the angel kind of take form as I was talking with him, and he said, now, I need you to cut it out. I need you to stop. And I said, what do you mean? Are you mad? I thought, is my angel mad at me for something? And he said, this is who you are. This is what you need to do. This is a part of you. And if you don't accept what it is that, you're, that you've been put here to do, then you're not going to be able to move forward. But I'm here to help you with that. And part of that is being able to help other people also understand about, the, about us, about angels, about their own gifts, about trying to help them understand that there's more to this life than what most people might think. And I was 
for some reason, I felt a lot better about things after that. And I started to see other angels like my wife's. I started giving her readings. I did it for my parents when I came out of this, you know, you could say the spiritual closet to them. And uh, they were very receptive to it. And I, then I started doing other family members, friends, and then it branched out to strangers. And I've been doing angel readings ever since. That's pretty amazing. At that time, right before or any time before that angel appeared to you, your guardian angel appeared to you and communicated with you, had you asked for help? You were struggling with some things. Did you ever even maybe subconsciously say, I need some help with this, or I need somebody to help me? Yes, I, I, I had. And I had been doing it for a while, not to reveal too much about things that were going on in my personal life, but things were were difficult and there were some issues that I just really tried to turn to something to help me. Like I said, I had, I, I was, my, my mother was Jewish and my father was Catholic. So I always say that I was kind of like brought up as a cashew. And um, <laughs> there was this element of kind of looking at both throughout my life. And eventually we moved towards Christianity. And so I would ask God, I would ask the angels as I was taught ever since I was a kid. But sometimes you just don't get the answers that you want, or you don't, or you don't really know how to ask, or you don't know what to expect. So when things were going wrong and I was struggling, I was asking, but things weren't coming through the way I thought they were. And honestly, I was getting more aggravated than hopeful at the time. And then finally, they did come through. And although it has still been a struggle trying to deal with this newfound part of my life, sure. You know, things have been getting better, and things, and it's been getting a little bit easier, and I feel more fulfilled than I would have if I had stayed on the path that I was. So they eventually answer, yeah. <laughs> is, what, is what I say. When, when your angel appeared to you, when your guardian angel appeared to you, did, you, did it identify itself? Do you know the name of your guardian angel? Yes, yes. Uh, it was, it's kind of an interesting thing, and I elaborate a little bit more on it in my book. But, yeah, he uh, at first identified himself when he came in as uh, Peter, he, he called himself. And I knew at first when he told me that, that's not his full name. I know there's something else going on here. But something inside me didn't understand it yet. And then later on, as I was recalling things, like I had mentioned uh, that first encounter that I ever had with a spirit, there was something else that happened to me when I was in the sixth grade as well, where I, for it, it's a very long story, but for some reason, the teacher in that classroom told us to try to ask who our guardian angel's name was. And I just remembered that about a year after meeting Peter, and I remember him, I remember saying and hearing the name Peter when I was in the sixth grade. Hmm. And it was an interesting thing to be like, oh, wow, this is, that was you. And then he, he, was, and he told me, yes, of course it was. And he said that, and then he gave me his full name. And so then I understood that these are, they give us nicknames. They, because their names can be kind of long and, and unique. So it's hard to pronounce them sometimes. And so they give us nicknames sometimes to make it a little bit easier and more relatable to us so we don't have to try to pronounce their tongue twistery like names. Well, that makes a lot of sense. You got instructions, you got comfort that mm -hmm. day when that uh, guardian angel came to you, your guardian angel came to you. Now, would you describe yourself at that point, now or before? I know you went to Catholic school, but do you consider yourself to be a religious person? <clears throat> no, I, I. you know, right now I... I have no problem with religion, honestly. If people feel a calling to a particular religion, great, more power to them, because that gives them a sense of belonging, it gives them a sense of self and comfort. Sometimes, sometimes people need it for guidance as well. But for me, I'm not any one particular religion, honestly, because I feel as though we can all honor God, the angels, in a way that is unique to all of us. And... I am not adverse to going to a church. I'm not adverse to going to a synagogue or a temple or anything like that, because I feel that God is everywhere. The angels are everywhere. You know, the higher power, the creator, whatever people would like to, what a title they'd like to use. I feel that religion and spirituality can be one and the same. 
When you break it down, and now you've had a tremendous amount of experience with this, so it's probably not nearly the mystery it was when it first started, but when you break it down, for those of us who don't think anyway we're talking or communicating with angels, what is an angel? I mean, we have these visions of, of you know, servants of God with wings on their backs and, mm. you know, flowing robes. I mean, that tends to be the, what I would consider the popular image that is, uh, that is um, brought to mind when you say the word angel, but what are we talking about when we say angel? So angels, uh, so there are different kinds of souls that have, that have been created. Uh, not one soul would you say is better than the other, of course, but for example, the angels are a type of soul, so they are angelic souls. Angels were, the, from what I was told, obviously, with my own information that I've gotten from them, angels were one of the first creations. And so as these souls, they are ones that do help out and they manage, I guess you could say, the multiverse or the, multi, or the multiple different dimensions. And the, as, as, I guess you could say, humanoids or different kinds of other living creations came about, they were there to help them as well, to be able to guide them through life, to be able to help them to understand what needed to be done and how they could do it, kind of like a guiding light. And so, but not all angels are guardians, of course, but they are a soul that has been created in order to not only help manage and provide, but to also help and guide. And that's kind of really what they love to do. And I always tell people that your angel is not there to boss you around or tell you what to do, but they're, they're, they're kind of like your best friend that you never knew was there. They want you to know that they're there trying to help you, trying to guide you, because they truly do care and love you, and they want you to be able to achieve everything you need to achieve. So Does, that's why I say it's different kind of souls, the angelic souls, human souls. There's even elementals, you know, so different kind of soul. Does... Your, when I say your, I mean anybody who has, who, uh, and I'm assuming everybody has a guardian angel, but does that guardian angel have a connection to you in some way? Is it, is it part of your family? Is it part of your soul group? I've heard that, that phrase used before, uh, or is it, is it, can it be just completely random or, or is this information that we're not, we're not told? No, no. Um, guardian angels. So I always tell people there's a team behind everybody. Um, I haven't seen less than three or more than five consisting of guardian angels and spirit guides. So guardian angels, like I said before, are angelic souls created as angels, have always been angels. Spirit guides are human souls. So these could be past loved ones, best friends, even people from past lifetimes if people uh, believe in past lives, which I do. But some people don't, and I don't want to try to change their minds or anything, but I have seen that before. So the team consists of angels and spirit guides. And... It's the main guardian angel, which is what, you know, Peter is to me. Um, he is the main guardian angel, and the main guardian is with you throughout lifetimes, throughout this life, always around, always there whenever you're in body having a life. And it's because you actually connected to them through what I call the main core aura, which is part of the soul. So our, my soul is connected to his. We have always been connected and he is not anybody else's angel. So he is always there, always connected. So we're connected as, as soon as the human soul is created to another angel. The stories that we've heard, and all of, all of us have heard some of, some of them, you know, sometimes they take the form of, I was in a car accident, I was in a burning car, uh, and I looked up and there was somebody there, they pulled me out of the car, and then they completely disappeared. And the, the person telling that story is convinced that that was an angel, maybe a guardian, guardian angel helping them out of a difficult situation. I'm sure you've heard those stories too, Michael. Are those yeah. stories of guardian angel activity, random angel activity, just the, the world of angels helping people when they can? Yes, it, it can be both, honestly. There are particular types of angels, and these angels, whether they are a guardian for somebody or not, have different kinds of strengths and responsibilities. And one of them, um, without having to go too far into it because it gets a little complicated, um, they have angels have suffixes at the ends of their names, which usually mean something. For example, my angel's full name is Pelineraton. So a long name, like I said, a little unique, and some people, it may be difficult for them to remember the whole name, but he's an Aton. So he is a messenger angel. 
And so he does a lot of speaking, a lot of verbal communications. He's more auditory when he talks to me so I could hear him more than actually see things that he does. Um, but then there are those that can materialize and that can come down at certain times, certain events. It has to be a certain situation where they can come down and interact directly with man by helping them with things like this. I've actually heard stories like that, of course, like you said. I even heard a story about after I told somebody that they had that type of angel as a guardian angel, she said that she was in, she was in the city, she was about to get on the bus, and then there was one of those things where she felt a tap on her shoulder. She turned around and she said a guy was about seven or eight feet tall, she swears, with glowing green eyes, and said, do not get on that bus. She turns around, looks at the bus, turns around again to question the guy, and he's gone. And no one said that they saw a giant man standing behind her. And so, needless to say, she didn't get on the bus. And there was an accident. She could have, she avoided injury or maybe even worse. And so they, I have heard stories about this, and I say, yeah, that's, that's what they do. They can't do it all the time, but there are certain times when they are able to do it, and I don't pretend to know how they figure that out. But Yeah, uh, that, that yeah. was going to be my follow-up, too. Why sometimes and not other times? Um, but I guess that's one of the, the, the mysteries of all of this. Yeah, unfortunately, I haven't gotten that far yet in the few years I've been doing it. But, you know, I know that there is a reason to it all, of course. I'm just not sure how, because I know they told me it's not like things are predestined. We create our own futures based on the decisions that we make because of our free will. But sometimes they are able to come in and physically help us make the right choice because we're about to make one that we aren't supposed to make. I'm just not sure the specifics of it yet, unfortunately. One of our chatters uh, mentions that she thinks her guardian angel came to her as a cat. She wants to know if that's possible. Can they appear to us as animals? Well, there are different situations, and I'm not sure what her situation was, but I do know that sometimes guardian angels communicate with us through animals. Um, There are certain angels that are nature-based, and so sometimes they can communicate with us through dogs, cats. Um, But then there's also the uh, option of that could have been a type of animal spirit guide, Uh, because mammals especially dogs, cats, horses, things like that, they also have souls. And so if there's one that had a really special connection with somebody, they can, instead of just staying up in the other, you know, the spirit world, heaven, whatever people would like to call it, they can have a time when they are a spirit guide for a person. So she may have seen maybe an animal that was connected to her somehow, but I would have to do, I would have to do a reading to know exactly what was going on there. But those are options that I've seen. So why is it that, and maybe the answer is because some people are more open to it and some people have these sensitivities like you, Michael, that not everybody does, but why do some of these guardian angels specifically communicate directly like yours did with you, but then not with the, with others? I don't feel like I've ever had that kind of communication. Or is the, are the, are the communications uh, disguised and maybe we don't recognize when we're having them? You know, that, that's a really good question. And, yeah, they, our angels always do try to communicate with us. On those specific times when, like I said, when I was a kid and I got his name somehow, and that was the only time other than when I first awoke. So I feel as though because I was supposed to do this, and it's not because I'm amazingly special in any way, obviously, but it's because that I had this particular gift I was able to connect directly with him and then be able to connect with other people's angels. But I know 100% that we can communicate with our own guardians. We just don't always know how each of them communicates because some of them are stronger in other ways than others. I always tell everybody that intuition, that gut feeling that we get, that's universal. That's always when our angels are trying to throw down a red or green flag. Don't go down that alleyway. Go take that class. You know, don't do this. Do that. And if we have a choice then to listen to that gut feeling or not. But they also have other ways they communicate with us. Some of them are visual. So they'll do different kinds of ways to grab our attention. You know, people, uh, there's been a few readings where people have had angels with, uh, they love doing repeating numbers and trying to grab their attention with that. Or, like I said, talking through animals sometimes and They'll make the animal do something that's very peculiar or odd in order to kind of grab our attention. 
Then there's auditory angels who are a little bit louder, and we get the ringing in the ears sometimes when they come through because they are just more apt to being vocal than other angels are. And then there are those that are tactile, which actually will physically touch somebody, kind of like the one that tapped the lady on the shoulder. Although he was a little bit more intense than others, there are times where they put their hands on our shoulders or they give us a little push on the back or they can even change the temperature around us to kind of let us know something is happening, something is going on. And then we have to kind of just relax. I always say slow our roll, take a deep breath when we feel as though we're getting a message, and then just relax for like 20 seconds. Just relax our mind for just a little bit and when we feel something coming in. And we'll be surprised at the results as we practice this because the more we talk with our angels, the more we recognize their messages, the stronger those things come through. And I know that 100% because I've been dealing with people for a while now. And the feedback that I've been getting has been really awesome because people are trying to meditate or trying to listen or paying attention to the messages. And they've gotten great results from it. It's been awesome. I'm not an empath. I don't consider myself particularly sensitive, but I'm pretty sure my guardian angel is telling me all day long to not work and go play video games. I think that's what I'm hearing. I'm not entirely sure. Once again, I've got on my Facebook page a a video uh, that was taken in the Gettysburg battlefield of what looks to be like ghostly activity. I took a look at it. I analyzed it. See what I think. I'm not going to tell you here. Go to Facebook and check it out. See what I think. My Facebook page is easy to find. It's just JVJ paranormal very simple you'll see the video there it's uh I don't know, only a few seconds long maybe a minute or so tonight we're talking about angels with dr michael terzi and uh, you can fi- find more information about uh, dr michael at his website angel whisperer michael.com uh, michael what is what's the difference between the two websites i also see you have riseparanormal.com here oh yes uh well my angel whisperer michael website is just for my own angel medium type business where I do my readings, where I hold my classes, and the angel Reiki that I provide. And then Rise Paranormal is our paranormal group that my wife uh, created after she saw my work, obviously, with helping out spirits and things like that. She thought we should really do this, and we should try to do this as a group. And so she created Rise Paranormal. She actually made up both websites herself. Uh, so, And um, Rise Paranormal is where people can contact us if we're if, – anyone's having any kind of hauntings or paranormal issues that they need a little bit of help with, we're there to be able to provide that. Do you consider those those two things part of the same world? And I'm talking about your work as an angel medium plus uh, investigating ghosts and ghostly-like activity. Is that, is that really accessing the same part of, quote, unquote, the other side? Yeah, I, I, I really do see it as the same thing because... I, because I realized that as a medium, not just being able just to see angels, but also be able to see human spirits, I needed to be able to use that gift to be able to help them. And I can actually then talk with and communicate with the spirits' angels, because even when we pass on, there are still angels around. It's just we're, if, if we're stuck as a spirit that's still in this plane, we're on a type of resonance, a type of vibration where we're so low that that spirit can't even see or tell that their angel is there. And we're still, and they don't want to interfere still because we're still going through our experience in that life even after we've passed. So although they still try to communicate with us, if we're that low, they can't really see it. And so I'm able to talk with their angel to be able to get their story and then to be able to use that information to be able to help that spirit to raise their own light, to raise their own vibration, so that they can then see their angels to then move on. And so I use my, my gifts as a medium, not just for doing readings, but also with paranormal investigating, along with equipment that we use as well, of course. One of the things that I noted about the way you conduct your work particularly because you were in school, you went to med school, basically, uh, is that you take it all from a very scientific approach. A lot of people would say that it's very difficult to uh, reconcile the two, a scientific approach versus, you know, these mystical uh, ideas that we're talking about here. How do you reconcile and bring those two together? Well, there's a few different ways. I've always kind of seen that science and spiritual, if they could come together, I feel like we would be able to answer a lot more questions. Because there's a lot of people that don't really understand what 
angels are, what souls are, what the abstract word of energy is. But then there are people out there in the scientific community that talk about dark matter, dark energy, and they describe it as something that holds the universe together where it is. You can't really see it. You can't really touch it, but you know that it's there. And that kind of sounds a lot like a basis for spirituality as well. And I've seen a few other different things that help me to realize that there is science in spiritual and spiritual in science. And ultimately, if we can kind of see that there is a link between the two, I think that it can really help out. Like, for example, I'm also trying to look at a little pet project of mine is people always say that they see something moving out of the corner of their eye. Yeah, That's one of the biggest claims is that obviously, you know, that people say, okay, I've seen something really fast just move out of the corner of my eye. And so one of the things that kind of got me thinking was people talk about the third eye, that one chakra point, you know, right in the forehead. Mm -hmm. And they say that that's where a lot of our, our spiritual psychic based gifts are. And people have often compared it to the pineal gland as well, but I don't, I'm not going down that road yet. But one of the things that I thought was interesting was that the corner of our eye, so that is peripheral vision. And as an optometrist, obviously I learned a decent amount about the eye. And one of the things that I learned about, one of the first things that we learn is that when light focuses into the eye, when we look straight ahead at something, it goes to a part of the eye called the macula. And it goes even farther down microscopically as, the, as other, other terms as well, but the macula is a general term. And that's a part of the retina that focuses in and gives us our perfect 2020 vision when we look straight ahead at something. And it's a very small part of that retina. And it's made up of mostly the cells that people have heard of called cones. And outside of the macula, it gets the cone density gets thinner, and the rod density, which is another cell, gets even thicker. And rods, what do they react to? They react to, they react to night vision. So they, they help us be able to see it in low light conditions. And so when people are experiencing things moving past them out of the corner of their eye, they're, the rod cells are picking up on that. And so one of the things that I kind of am dealing with is, is there a connection between the peripheral vision that we have in these cells and something that can connect to the third eye to where we're seeing a spiritual entity moving in our periphery, and yet we just, we're getting a blink of that dimension somehow. So it's just a little thing that I've been thinking about where I try to see can spiritual and science actually start to explain each other. Do you think that uh, the scientific community, we, we probably, we would have a much easier time of getting answers if the scientific community wouldn't dismiss much of this out of hand? Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, people in the paranormal and the scientific community, they, there are great minds in both. And I feel as though if we would really look at all sides of everything, then we would at least get half the picture, if not more. You know, because I feel like we, all of us, understand only a little bit. And if we could actually come together and stop dismissing things that we feel could not be, you know, there people didn't understand what radio waves were or Wi-Fi a long time ago. People would have saw that as something paranormal, you know, but eventually things come up and things change. And I believe that that's moving towards spiritual and science coming together even more, especially nowadays. Let's talk about the meaning of being a uh, an angel medium uh, is being an yeah. angel medium different than being what we would call i guess a regular medium or is it just where you choose to focus your work i believe that it is a little bit different but it's ultimately does some of the same things obviously a medium is a medium a medium is somebody that can communicate with spirit and be that medium person in between the living and the spirit um but as an angel medium, for some reason, I just was called to that vibration of being able to pick up on angels. Not every medium can pick up on angels, or if they can pick up on their own, they may not be able to pick up on other people's angels. Even some angel, other angel mediums out there that I've heard of, they even don't say that they do personal guardian angel readings. They say that maybe they get a message, <clears throat> excuse me, they said that maybe they get a message from another angel, like an archangel or something, which is great. But as an angel medium, I feel as though doing the guardian angel readings is very key because 
it helps us to be able to strengthen that bond and helps us to know that we're not alone and that they're there always trying to help us. And then by proxy, to be able to also translate that to the paranormal, it helps with being able to help those spirits know that, yes, again, they're not alone, they can move on, and their angels are there to help them. So to answer the question, I feel like, yes, it's the same thing because it's still mediumship, but I think angel mediums might be able just to go um, a little bit more into that one particular angelic realm than other mediums may not be able to. It doesn't make us any better or worse than them, obviously. It, we just go towards that realm more than that because other mediums may be able to connect with human spirits better than I do, and that's an amazing gift. So it, I think it is kind of like a, a little bit of a difference between that, depending on the realms. You also connect with human spirits as well, though, right? Yes, yes, I do. I don't always do... Most people want the guardian angel readings, so mm-hmm. I don't always do human spirit readings, but I do do them occasionally. When you uh, communicate with someone's guardian angel, is is it um, do you get do you see their form in your mind's eye, and is it a, a completely telepathic or is it a channeling situation? No, it's mostly a telepathic. Um, I do channel in some of the things that they say and they do. Um, I ha- so I have channeled before, but. I prefer doing things where I'm completely coherent while I'm doing a reading. So I don't want people to think that I'm in some sort of trance and that I'm not accessible. I want people to feel like these readings are relatable and that they feel really comfortable and calm with them. So I mostly do psychic connections with the angels. But, uh, yeah, I do see them. Uh, They come in a couple of different forms. One of the forms is just that big ball of light that I saw Peter at first with. They're just very large, bright balls of light that hover around people. And when I tune into them to do a reading, that's when I start to see them in a type of human-type form. And they do look a lot like us in a lot of ways. Uh, They are very, very large. Angels are actually huge. I haven't seen one under eight feet tall yet when I'm, whenever I'm channeling them, um, whenever I'm tuning in. And they're very big. Yes, they do have wings, but they're not the typical illustrated feathery wings. They're more like an energetic extension of their souls. So they just have this extra part to them, I guess you could say, kind of like extra arms. And so they have this energy that comes out of their backs. And so that's why it would look like wings. And then... They do have facial features like us, and they can wear clothing. Some may not. Uh, obviously, it's nothing that's weird. It's just they just don't feel like they need to in the moment. Often when they appear to us in dreams or when they come and talk with us, if we're meditating, they will often wear clothing, of course. That's how we feel comfortable with it anyway. And then there's one interesting thing that I like to talk about every so often is that people will often see illustrations on them with illustrations, sorry, with them with halos. Mm-hmm. Um, the halo is something that I think I understand is that because angels have an actual third eye, I guess you could say. Now it, it's more of like a vertical eye, and it's it is where the third eye chakra is. And it's not creepy looking. It's not like they have eyelashes and stuff with it and all that, but they do have this vertical third eye right here, and that's where a lot of their energy focuses. So I think when maybe some of the first people were seeing angels, they saw this huge white light emanating from around their heads, and they illustrated it the best way they could. And so that's where I think the halos may have came from. We talked about instances where people describe having encountered an angel and maybe in a life-saving situation. Other people say there are angels walking among us uh, all the time, all around us. Do you believe that to be true? And if there are any angels walking among us, can you identify them? I mean, can you tell if some physical form is an angel that uh, maybe hasn't identified itself to you directly? Yes, uh, I... First, I don't think that there are a lot of them, because obviously I think I would see them more often. Uh, you know, I, I I have done a decent amount of traveling since I started doing this, and I I don't see them that often. But I do. See, I, I have seen a couple of them, yes, and I think they they are that kind of angel, like I mentioned, that can materialize themselves, and they do it for a reason. When they are walking among us, they don't walk among us for a very long time. They may be there for a day or a week or something around just making sure that what has to happen happens. But they're not, it's not like an angel materializes from a soul, creates a body for itself, and is there for years and years and years just walking around. 
um, they are usually, they come in and materialize like that for a particular reason, and they're around for a, until that reason has been completed. How often do angels communicate with you at this point, after you've been doing it as long as you have been, without you actually trying to reach them for someone in a reading situation? Okay, yeah. Uh, well, with my own angelic team, they they talk quite a bit. <laughs> um, because I'm always doing something wrong. Uh, so they're always trying to get me back on track. Uh, so they do help me. Uh, they don't give me any special treatment. I still have to listen for their messages, and I have to do my work. But I talk to them quite often. As far as other angels go, occasionally I will see one um, around somebody, and they will talk with me briefly. Uh, uh, archangels, I have spoken to them a couple of times, uh, oh, a few times. Um, it's usually not super long. It's it, 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 it's a brief conversation. So it does they do they do come in every so often to be able to talk um, if there's an important message coming through that they really needed me to know and to be able to relay. But I, yeah, I mean it, it's a daily occurrence that I talk with angels, obviously because I have mine and my wife surround me all the time. So right. yeah, um, a lot of people believe there's a connection between what we call extraterrestrials. And okay. I, I assume angels would be considered extraterrestrials because they are not of Earth. Uh, so, mm-hmm. in, a, in a strict definition, that would that would make sense that way. But, but there are other people that actually believe that there's a direct connection between what we uh, commonly know as extraterrestrials and ang- angelic activity. Do you believe that to be the case? I believe that the extraterrestrials, as most people would see them and know them, uh, as inter- interdimensional beings, and they are from another planet like ours, just in another dimension. There's multi, multiple dimensions. And so angels are actually in those dimensions as well. We're not the only ones that have angels. And it's kind of like a strange concept. But if you could imagine that, uh, you know, people talk about the greys. Well, you know, these particular types of aliens also have angels. We all have we all have guardian angels, even other humanoids, and so that's the only connection that I see between aliens or extraterrestrials and angels, because they are different souls, they are different beings, and come from different places. But yes, angels are around other beings as well, is what I've been told. Okay, so just want to make sure I understand this. So the extraterrestrials, as we know them, which would be beings from another planet, also have their angels. Yes, they also have angels. Interesting. And, yeah. and is this the type of thing that you would actually get a communication about? Have you asked these questions, or do you just kind of learn them over the course oh, of... Oh, yes. No, you know, uh, people have asked the questions, and then I've gotten the answers. Um, it's uh, it's not always something that I think of to ask, uh, but uh, I've done a lot of readings, and I've done some classes, obviously, and it, people ask interesting questions. And if it wasn't for people asking these questions, I may not always have all the information that I have. But yes, someone did ask that question, and that's when they told me about it. So occasionally they do drop some interesting bombs on me, but uh, (laughs) a lot of the stuff has been from other people's questions. Tell me about Angel Reiki. You you also do Reiki. What is Angel Reiki? Well, I originally learned, and some people may know about, um, obviously, Reiki healing, um, Reiki energy healing. I learned the original... Usui method, they call it, which was the original branch that branch that Doctor Usui came up with back in the day, and he, I learned that branch from a Reiki master. And as I was doing it, I felt a real pull to this. As a doctor, I thought that it was kind of a weird concept, obviously, energy healing. Um, I, if I hadn't already been open and been an angel medium, I probably wouldn't have given it a second thought because, again, science and spirit at the time, I wasn't into it as much. But now that I see how it comes together energy healing was kind of a real thing, and I felt a pull to it because I'd seen the results of how it actually helps. And so after I finished and got my master's in that particular branch, my angels kind of came in and said, that's great, we're really happy that you did that, and that's a real calling for you. Now let's fill in a few blanks. And so I said, okay, I'm ready to learn. So they showed me a few other techniques. They showed me a different way of doing it that still goes along with the original branch. So I, I mean, you could, I guess you could say that it's a different way of doing Reiki, and part of it obviously involves me connecting with people's angels while I'm doing the Reiki healing so that they can direct me. Someone can come in 
and say I would just like Reiki, and then they would lie down, and then I would, without them telling me what's going on with them and what they need, the angels would then show me. And then I would then talk with them afterwards, and they would give me that affirmation that, yes, these were my issues. And it was because the angels were sh kind of guiding me and showing me this is where the energy needs to move. This is stagnant. This is, there's a block here. This is what needs to be fixed, and this is what's going on. And so then we talk about things afterwards as well. There's a few other little things in there, like energy transmutation and how I change negative energy to a positive energy and then give it back to them as healing. So there's a few different techniques in Angel Reiki that's just a little different from the original branch. Let's talk about energy for a second, because you mentioned sure. it. Obviously, it was a very important part of the answer you just gave and how it relates to Reiki. You also talk mm -hmm. about energy when it comes to the angelic world. We talk about energy in the paranormal world. We talk about vibration. That's another mm -hmm. word that comes into this a lot. Um, yeah. And then you just mentioned negative energy. What's yeah. the difference between positive energy and negative energy, and what's the source of each? Well, honestly, energy is energy. Um, it, all, it, it all came from one source, and how it changes, because, you know, the, again, we go into a little bit of the science of stuff, is that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It just changes forms. So it really how energy is, I, I, I label it as positive or negative, is based on the type of feeling and vibration and the, and the, and the type of light that emits from that energy when I see it. And so when, like, for example, most people, if you're happy or you're content or excited, there is a vibration that goes to that energy because everything in the world vibrates, including an abstract thing like energy, I guess you could say. And, you know, like energy obviously comes in forms of heat and electricity, but then there's also other things like the spiritual energy that we talk about. And that vibrates, and it usually reacts to emotions or things that we may be going through in the moment. And so when I see negative energy, it's a little bit slower. It's more sluggish. It doesn't vibrate quite as nicely. There's a, there's a, there's a murky um, density to it, I guess you could say. And as, when it comes to healing properties as well, um, it can cause stagnant energy or blocks in somebody's energy flow inside their bodies, and that prevents self-healing. It prevents um, self-healing in the essence of emotional and physical. And so when we try to change that energy's vibration, when we try to pull it out and then change it, obviously the flow begins to start up again, and things start to heal inside the body more efficiently. And so positive energy and negative energy is really about how it reacts with the body, how it reacts with the soul, and how it vibrates is how we kind of can classify it, I guess you could say. Now, a word that you did not use in that answer at all was the word demonic or demon. Do you, okay. do you believe in demonic activity? Uh, and if so, what do you believe it is? Yes, I, I do. Um, when I was answering it, sorry, I was, look, I was looking at it from a Reiki standpoint. Um, no, no, um, I do believe in negative beings, obviously, like demons. And one of the things that I was told very early on was that demons are, to the angels, they call them the fallen. And so these are fallen angels. So that's where demons came from is when, you know, we all, we, most of us have heard about that story in religion where there was that big war that happened with, you know, Lucifer and everything that went on, and he had this whole army, and obviously they lost, and there was this basically banishment to Earth. And that's, those are the, these are the fallen angels, these are the demons, and they're real, and they're out there, and I've encountered a few of them, and I don't recommend anybody going out and looking for them, because they are, it's ex they're, they're extremely, extremely negative, angry, hateful, there's a change in gravity when you have a, a fallen around you. It's intense. And they have a lot of really strong, I guess, again, we would bring up negative energy around them because of the anger and the hate they have for man. And so they are out there. But then we, most of us actually encounter what, we, what the angels call the followers. And so these are human spirits that have been used and manipulated by the fallen, by the demons. And so people, well, I guess you would classify them normally as lower-level demons, but they're not actually demonic, they're human souls. And, but they can take on those attributes, and that's where a lot of attachments happen, is with mostly these dark human souls that just need help. And that's part of what we do. We even help followers, because 
they are human, and people forget that. Sometimes they even forget that because they're so lost for so long. And we try to help them to be able to refine, reclaim themselves again, their strengths, their light. Now, we, we're just there as support. They do all the work. We're not magical or anything. Yeah. We just try to help them to be able to do their own work. And sometimes it takes hours. Sometimes I have to come back a few days, but I never give up on them. Wow. Uh, we're going to run out of time, and I do want to change the subject a little bit. But before I do, if someone is interested, well, let me ask this first. What's, mm-hmm. What is entail? What does an, uh, an angel reading, a guardian angel reading entail for someone? Okay, sure. Uh, well, guardian angel readings, like I mentioned earlier, there's a team behind everyone, so I connect with the main guardian on the initial reading. And this is where I get their name. I get their nickname. I tell them male or female, although angels are pure energy. They do look and act a lot like us, like I mentioned. So I'll tell them male or female so they can better visualize. Um, I go into these core aura colors that they that they really like to talk about because it helps them, helps people to be able to know and understand themselves and how the angels communicate with them. And then we go into kind of guidance, whatever they want to throw out there as far as things that you're going through, if there's issues with going on with their careers, if there's problems going on with what they're feeling as far as like health-wise, whatever the angels want to throw out there, I just do it totally unfiltered. Whatever they want to say, I give it to them. And I have time for questions if people want to ask specific questions, but I usually answer the questions during the reading before they talk about them. But yeah, it's really about guidance and empowerment and to try to help us bring us closer to our angels so that you don't always have to come to me, so that you can start maybe feeling more of their messages and hearing them. I would love it if I was out of a job one day, if that everyone could really talk with their own angel and they would be able to be guided by them. And so part of the reading is bringing you closer together with your angels as well. And if someone is interested in having one of these readings, how can they do that with you? Yeah, I mean, obviously with the whole pandemic going on, which is awful, uh, I've had to go through Zoom. So I do a lot of readings through Zoom. If people, you know, obviously I used to do them in person, maybe one day that'll be more prevalent again. But a lot of it has been through Zoom. I've been doing readings and even distance Reiki's. If people want those as well, I do provide that, of course. And... Yeah, so people can contact me through the website that we mentioned earlier, angelwhisperermichael.com. There's a contact form, and they can also reach me on Facebook. Um, My phone number is on the website, but honestly, I answer text messages and emails way faster than getting the voicemails. So if people really want to get a hold of me, those are the best ways. In the few minutes we have left, I want to talk a little bit about your paranormal investigating do you sure. do you conduct uh, that investigating differently than you think maybe other paranormal groups, traditional paranormal groups might? Well, I mean, that would honestly depend if certain if these traditional paranormal groups may or may not have a medium on their team. Right. I have met quite a few that have had mediums, and I don't I don't like to think that we do anything super differently. We use a lot of the same equipment that people do, you know, SLS cameras and you know. Um, K2 meters, obviously, and, um, you know, night vision cameras, you know, we, and on voice recorders, we do, we use all those things. But at the same time, we're also guided by us, by our gift. So if we feel as though there's something going on here, we talk about the gift, we talk, uh, talk about the gift, sorry, (laughs) they talk about (laughs) what, what we're feeling and what's going on. And then we then review the evidence. And what's amazing to be able to show the clients is that not only were, did they hear from us what we were feeling and getting and what was going on, but then we play back something that correlates with what we were getting. And that really helps to solidify in them that they know that, yes, there was something here, they weren't crazy, and now these people are going to help them move on so that we feel better. We've even been on a few places where we go on tours with uh, different kinds of groups um, that are a little bit more well-known, and we've done things out there, and we've gotten results from you know people using like a geoport or, or a spirit box. People have answered as we were communicating because we kind of know who, a little bit of who the spirit is, so they gravitate more to answering our questions. And so we can get more accurate information that way, I feel, that can help us to be able to solve the haunting, to be able to help the spirits and help the people that are still living. Is there any place that you haven't investigated that you really like to, like something that, oh, you, that you really want to get in and investigate? Oh, yeah. No, one of my biggest ones is the Hoyabachu Forest in Romania. 
Um, (laughs) Obviously, it's (laughs) tough to get over there now. Uh, But, uh, no, that place is amazing. Um, There's, I believe, uh, you know, it's an unfortunate term, but they call it the suicide forest in Japan. Um, You know, obviously abroad. There's a lot of places that I would love to go. There's, of course, places locally that I would like to see as well. Uh, You know, the Lizzie Borden house and... You know, it's it's only been about two or three years that we've been doing things and, you know, trying to travel and doing all that without any kind of extra funding as some, you know, paranormal shows have. It makes it difficult to get to everywhere. But uh, one day we would love to be able to get to those kinds of places. Um, we're almost out of time here. Uh, I want to bring the question back to Guardian Angels just for a second, because sure. many of us walk through our lives not recognizing what may be signs of communication from uh, whether it's our guardian angel or other angelic beings, what should we be looking for? Hmm, that's a good question. The guardian angels, first of all, they're the ones that we're always going to be able to feel that gut feeling with. We have to learn to be able to trust our intuition sometimes. Intuition, obviously, is it's a difficult kind of abstract scenario, but again, we come right back around to science. They're, they're actually scientific studies um, a little while ago that were being conducted to show that intuition is a real thing. In fact, one of the biggest things that Einstein ever said that, I, that my wife found a little clip of is that all that matters in life is intuition. It's something that Albert Einstein said. And it's, so it's something that I really see as the, one of the biggest bridges between science and spiritual, and our angels use it all the time. They're always trying to get that gut feeling going in us for us to be able to go down this road, to go down this path, to make these choices. And if we just stop for a minute and just listen, just for 30 seconds, we'll be able to feel a lot more. And then, of course, like I mentioned, every angel is a little different with their cues. So if you start noticing that these synchronicities just add up way too much, then obviously maybe it's not so, maybe it's not so coincidental. Maybe these things are happening for a reason. And we need to start listening to those kinds of methods that they're trying to communicate with us through. And then, of course, obviously, if you ever really, really want to know, you know where I am. You can always come and get an angel reading from me. I'm never going to stop doing them. So <laughs> we're, I'm, I'm always going to be doing them as long as people would like them. You've got a really cool logo, and I know there's some meaning behind it. Can you tell us what the meaning is? Oh, the logo. Okay. Well, uh, the logo meaning... Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, like, when I go into the aura colors, uh, one of the things that my angels told me was that I have what we call a gold aura. And so a lot of people have this aura. This is a guardianship type of an aura. There's a very protective nature about it. And there's also being able to use energy uh, to be able to help heal people with. And so that's where the gold comes in. The wings are obviously a guardian angel protection mode. Um, the wings are kind of like a shield, I guess you could say. And then the sword is something that I kind of resonate with as it's not just sword is representative of a, of a weapon of violence, but if it, but it kind of represents here a, a protection again and a weapon of peace and keeping that peace and a, and a feeling of inner strength inside somebody. So that's what it kind of represents to me anyway. So, yeah, that's my logo. Dr. Michael Terzi, again, the website is angelwhispererMichael.com. Michael, thanks so much for being here. It's been a great discussion. I really appreciate your time and your insight, and I hope you'll agree to come back sometime. Oh, no, definitely. I'm really honored to be able to be on. I really appreciate it, and it's been awesome. Thank you so much, JV. Yes, I would definitely come on again if you ever wanted me back. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.